better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topping. There is another world beneath it. The real world. And if you want to survive it, you better learn to pull the trigger. You know, my mother used to say, a cold heart is a dead heart. You should listen to your blood. You can say what you want. I promise you, you'll be dead by dawn. dawn, 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 dawn. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Noir 15 Allcast. And uh, if you can't tell by this music, we're going to talk about the movie Blade. Coming at you next. And here we go. Top running credit there. Who gets, who's got the most credit? Caesar. All right, give him the most monitors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I usually only use two, though, when we're, okay. when we're doing the show. So. <laughs> Um, I was like, well, I'm in marketing. And they're like, yeah, you get the 13 inch laptop. Good luck. Do it. <laughs> Here's a seven inch monitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, Can I, what the fuck does it look like? What is this? The fuck is this? <laughs> looks like a line. Let me, let me blow it up. Oh my God. Oh, that sucks, yeah. dude. That would suck so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yay! Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Wow, what an welcome! That's so nice. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. You know, you can only imagine like when, like you know, like you're someone of like that has fame, and you go to the, like the Jimmy Fallon show, and everyone's like, "Hey, everybody, welcome to the stage, Oscar." You're like, "Hey, hey everybody, you know what's what? going on?" Hey. Welcome to the Noah 15 Allcast. It's uh, the dynamic duo tonight. I got uh, Oscar the OG. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, me, Seven Seas. And uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Blade. Um, but before we get into that, I uh, just got to say, if you've heard our show before, or this is your first time listening, make sure to check out our socials. You can follow us at the No 15 Allcast on Twitter and Instagram and also on Facebook. So since I said that already... Uh, What's up, man? How was your week? Anything uh, it, uh, no, yeah, there might be some new, but uh, it's it's still kind of it's like really really new, so I won't share too much. Mm. But it was uh, it was a really busy week for work, so a lot of uh, a couple days are just long hours and just mentally exhausted. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, like you know, just enjoying the weather. Did a little bit of uh, some errands today and worked on the car a little bit. Cleaned it up mostly. Didn't really work on it, you know. Just cleaned it uh, up a little bit. Uh, and, okay. Yeah, and then uh, that, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Nice. Any uh, any hangover from the long weekend at all? Hangover, like from IPAs? You mean <laughs> drinking <laughs> IPAs? <laughs> oh my gosh! No, 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 none of the hangovers or anything like that. So. I'll say that was the worst thing that happened to me this week was drinking that IPA. Yes, <laughs> that was on I'm, Friday. Yeah, I'm so. curious to know. Like, I I wanna. I mean, you have the picture. You you shared the picture on Slack, so I'm gonna have to find it and see how it tastes. Uh, it is. What kind was it? It was like robot. It, it had like an '80s like toys theme or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was Kung Fu Robot there you Double go. Dragon. Uh, D. How did it? DDH IPA or I don't know oh, if that's know. DDH or ooh or Volume Six Fourth Tap Brewing Company. I'm sorry if you guys are out there and you ever listen to this, man. That I think that either it was like, like it. an old batch or something, <laughs> oh or like it destroyed my head. Like 
I had a headache and I was like, just, it messed up my taste buds for like an hour. <laughs> Did you drink the whole thing? I tried to drink. I was like, okay, you know, like that. There's there's a Elmo video on Sesame Street where they're like, you know, tell you, you got to try something at least twice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I got to give it the old Elmo try. Uh, <laughs> didn't like the first time, but I'll give it another shot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, it uh, really did a number on me funny yeah i mean that sucks because like i I, you know here's the thing like for me ipas yeah like they're sometimes hit or miss like um i one of my favorites uh was gumball head from three floyds and like i would Mm -hmm. i love that and then my friend introduced me to a new half acre one or new but he introduced me to to that one and then i went to the gumball head and man it just did not taste as good so you know it's i I, it's just one of those things that just happened and you get introduced yeah, you know, you just get introduced to something new and it tastes a little better, you know, so. And then you, what did you settle on? Like a Corona Extra. Uh, it's all I had, man. Hey, it's that's all, all I had, so. It's all good. You know, it's like, smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> Drink them if you got them. Drink them if you got them, you know. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah, but uh, that was probably the worst thing that happened to me this week. I was, you know. How I always ask how we're doing. That's gonna be like what am I moving forward? I'm probably gonna be like, yo, what's the worst thing that happened to you this week? I'll <laughs> <laughs> just happen to ask everyone on this show. Oh my gosh. And what's the best thing? What's you the know, best some thing? people right away will say something, you know. It's good. So Yeah, yeah, I look uh, at that. Uh let's run into our, you know, what are you watching segment real quick. Now play at a motion hey, picture theater near you. What's he watching now? Yeah, what's he watching though? What's he watching um, now? New stuff. Did I watch anything new or anything? Well, I've been kind of like watching, I'll say there's an, this kind of documentary show. It's called mm-hmm. Cradle to the State. From the Cradle to the Stage. I think it's produced by Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters and okay. uh, Nirvana before that. But it's basically about like um, famous people. And how they got to where they are. Uh, like one episode, I think I'm only on the second episode, but like the second one is about Pharrell Williams. And uh, just, you know, he basically talks to like school teachers, moms, and, you know, kind of what motivated him, you know, what hometown he came from and everything. Just it was pretty cool to see. And for the most part, I think uh, the first couple episodes, it's like the artist and their mom. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like interview in that way. So I think it's yeah. pretty cool so far. And like, what what attracts you to what attracted you to even like turning that on or watching that? I guess because I had a little bit of a background in music, so just kind of seeing you know some of these people how they got started and how they got into it, yeah. that kind of stuff always is, has interested me. Um, mm-hmm. Even from earlier, you know, biopics, kind of like the Bamba movie, or mm. um, there's another movie called Cadillac Records where, with a lot of famous people in it. You know, like Chuck Berry. At a James and people like that just kind of see where they came from and how they ended up where they they went. Um, and even uh, recently, what's the James Brown movie with Chadwick Boseman in it where he plays James Brown? That's a good oh, one, right? Too. Yeah, yeah, so okay, so it's kind of I, I think they're great stories sometimes just to see like all the trials and tribulations that those people go through, uh, yeah, to try to just to be famous. Try to, oh, make it's it. true, yeah, yeah. And plus, like, we only, most of the times we only see them because they're on TV or we listen to them because, you know, they're on record or whatever or mm-hmm. on YouTube, whatever. So, yeah, it's really cool to see, like, hey, like, what's behind this individual, you know? 
Yeah. So. And then um, along with you, I've been catching up on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I was one of those people that didn't see it when it first came out. So I'm kind of like catching up with it again. And yeah. I think I'm on like season three still. Oh, almost towards the end of season three. So Yeah. I mean, that's that's the show I watch every time I sit down and eat. Like if I have breakfast, I sit down and watch an episode. <laughs> I have lunch, I sit down and watch an episode. I have dinner. So I can get to like three to four episodes like in a day because um, they're so short obviously and they're mm-hmm. so funny to me yeah like i i'm also on the same boat too where like i wish i would have like seen that show when it first came out because mm-hmm. do you feel that it sometimes it maybe maybe not yet but like season four like they'll mm-hmm. bring in a little bit more of like pop culture references and so it almost feels a little bit kind of like south park where they'll kind uh, of bring in something very relevant yeah and yeah. so that that's that's been happening a couple times in season four and i just think that's so funny and so, like, to see that now, because, I mean, that show started, well, like, in 2005, you know? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. So, like, it's crazy how, like, how, how how long it is, how long ago it was. And so to see, like, there, it's, like, really funny, like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, I totally remember that, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, unfortunately, like, I think the other show that I have been keeping up with, and I think I already mentioned it, is uh, Mr. Corman. It's the one on Apple, mm. Apple Plus, or Apple TV mm-hmm. Plus. Um, so, and, like... You know what? It's it's one of those things where the first three episodes, I think, they hit pretty hard, like emotionally, but also just they were just really well done. Mm-hmm. The last two episodes, I feel like they're they're like they're downers. I'm not gonna lie. Like this is a pretty serious show. This is not a show where you're meant to like you, you know. It's not a comedy. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of that in there, but it's a very serious show. And so, mm-hmm. like the last two, you like when like it fades to black, you're like, damn. I'm like, I got to watch something funny after this. It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty heavy. It's a pretty yeah, heavy show. It's a, it's a pretty you. heavy topic, you know? And like, mm-hmm. it's sometimes almost uncomfortable to watch because mm. of um, the character, what he's like and how he struggles with just his anxiety, but then kind of like just human interaction. With some people uh, at one point, like his, X comes back into the picture and it's just, it's, it's awkward at times, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't help, but just keep watching, you know, is there going to be any sort of breakthrough or is there going to, is something going to change? Is something going to click? So I'm, I'm interested to see um, how this like ends because there's, but, there's a, there's like this, I just call it a motif motif, but there's this thing that just keeps happening over and over to kind of signal that he's having like an oncoming, like almost anxiety attack mm-hmm. or just like a, or just kind of anxiety coming on. And it's, it's almost like it's getting closer and like closer, an, like an indicator. Yeah, like an, I mean, up. and it's and yeah, and it's like it's very it's the show is very whimsical at times. It's early on mm. the early on in the episodes. Um, ever seen like Eternal Shine, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Mm-hmm. Like it's stuff like that, where just like okay. all of a sudden, like you go from like one room, and all of a sudden you kind of just like like the environment just completely changes. It's it's very whimsical at that time, uh, at certain times, but. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see how it ends, you know, because then, uh, you know, I'm just like wondering, like, what are all these things for? Like, what are the what is the reason for all this stuff? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say movie wise, um, I saw the movie Don't Breathe Part Two. I don't know if oh. you've seen the first movie, Don't Breathe. No, not. Um, so it's basically about a couple of younglings. I'll say I, I don't know how old they're supposed to be, like maybe early 20s, late teens, something like that. Uh, they break into a guy's house because they heard he has money and uh, they try to rob him of this money and they, they think it's in the basement. But, you know, 
who knows what they actually find in the basement and the oh. guy that's in the house that's blind is actually um he's an ex-navy seal even though he's blind and they're locked in the house with this guy that could he's more than capable let's just say that and it creates a crazy situation and that's what the first film is about so the second film is a sequel to that um basically we follow up on the blind man and where he's been hiding out and it's a it's i'll say it's a pretty good sequel all things considered without giving away too much of the plot it's yeah. it's got a lot of the same feels of um, entering a situation where you're trapped uh, but not so much the same as the first film more of uh, the situation you're entering you're not as sure uh, as what might occur uh, being as the person that enters the situation is not who you think it is so uh, I'll just say it that way uh, without giving away plot points and stuff like that so it's pretty interesting uh, it's still borderline horror more of a thriller action to me the sequel than horror the first yeah. one definitely feels more like a, a uh, horror movie like the trap situation horror movie uh, yeah. type thing that can happen um, one thing that is interesting that I'll say is that the director uh, I think it's Fetty Alvarez he directed a, re- a reboot or kind of like a requel of Evil Dead and that movie was super gory, uh, you know, meant to be scary, had supernatural connotations like, you know, demonic possession and stuff like that in the woods, which is, you know, kind of synonymous with Evil Dead's, you know, universe. Um, okay. So after he made that film, he wanted to make this film, Don't Breathe. Um, and he wanted to make something that was scary, but not necessarily gory or bloody. And that's one of the takeaways from the first film that everyone loved because it was um pretty creepy and scary and it, it was nothing like horror and gore and stuff like that okay so, so definitely i think it's worth the watch the sequel uh, if you okay. want to, get to it yeah i was gonna ask you like so you think it's worth a watch like if i if i had two hours is it is it a two-hour movie or is it like an hour and a half do you know uh the sequel is about an hour yeah it's about an hour and a half yeah. okay so if i had two hours like you'd be like yeah watch it yeah definitely watch okay. it okay um and if you haven't seen the first one i don't know what you're waiting for watch it for this halloween season you'll you know, definitely like it. Um, and then me and you both saw Shang-Chi uh, in September. So damn right. We did <laughs> real quick. Uh, yay or nay. I would say kind of kind of uh, relating to this film in a way. So uh, that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. I mean, obviously a big yay, you know, I mean, it's it's like it was it was just really it was really well done like observing everything that was there and that happened. And it, it was a good balance of comedy, great action. Just, you know, so yeah, highly recommend. Obviously, if you haven't seen it yet, man, get yourself, figure out some time slot. If you're like afraid to go to the theater or whatever, figure out how to get there and like watch it. So, yeah, I'll just say even, even like, and I'll say out of, out of all the, I, I tell everyone now that that film is just beautiful because it was just a beautiful film. There, there's yeah. so much in it. Um, that you can take away but like if you're able to just say like the first post credit scene is enough to like get me to go back again <laughs> yeah so so amazing that i was like i love this movie now oh like, yeah it just stuck with me yeah and i think i think you hit it right on the you hit the nail right on the head there in the sense that it is a beautiful film because like especially that that scene where like the the mom and the dad just meet you know mm-hmm. like obviously they're oh, you know yeah. Like that's that's a beautifully choreographed fight, you know. But it's also like this corded corded dance that they're doing. It, it's just really well done. So, 
um yeah definitely looking for another opportunity to to watch it again in the theater um because yeah, it's it's sure. worth it's worth it man it's definitely worth it yep yeah i can't put it any better than that um so i think that'll take us into our nostalgia segment unless you have anything other anything new or anything else that you've seen no nah, man I didn't, I didn't do my homework man i just I, unfortunately i just been reading reading a lot of books so i mean if you don't take book 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 reviews there's nothing else for me to say <laughs> recommend a book you have like 30 <laughs> seconds <laughs> um i'm i'm, a, I'm reading a, a book by gary v called the thank you economy which is like it's just talks about like how like social media is able to basically make really good connections with customers it's a lot of brands so that's that's a really good one so i'll just say that nice there you go go, guys there's some reading material there's always time in the bathroom that's what i'll say (laughs) always read (laughs) put the phone down and read a book um cool so let me uh run us into our nostalgia segment doc i'm from the future i came here in a time machine that you invented now I need your help to get back to the year, back to the, back to the, back to the, back to the year. The year is 1998, son. Ding. 98. 98. And, where, uh, yeah. where were you like, in 1998? Uh, graduating high school, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing who knows what bad stuff out in 18 years old, like. Can't even I can't even imagine what I was doing. I don't know. I, I gave you probably I gave you, DJing and breakdancing somewhere. I'll say I give you I give you a solid opportunity to like rewrite your history. And you're like, oh, I'm just doing stuff that was bad, man. Just doing stuff that's bad. <laughs> I was feeding the homeless uh, at the soup kitchen <laughs> on the south side uh, and picking up trash on the side of the road. There doing you go. community doing community service. No, just yeah. <laughs> you see, still messing yeah. up at the. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny uh yeah so all right uh so the movie is blade uh 1998 the budget uh before i get into the budget in the box office uh this was directed by stephen norrington uh he also directed the league of extraordinary gentlemen death machine the last minute and most recently he worked on 2015's harbinger down as part of the creature crew and special effects. So I think he comes from a special effects background. Um, and uh, he, I think he just went on to continue to do that kind of stuff instead of directing film. Mm-hmm. Who knows why? Maybe some of the other films didn't pan out. But right. uh, the big one here for me is David S. Goyer. He, this was written by David S. Goyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wrote the Batman Nolan trilogy. So Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. A lot of people love those films. Uh, he also did uh, Dark City, and he also wrote Man of Steel, which is kind of controversial to some people, but I still think it's probably one of the best Superman movies we've gotten in a long time. Mm-hmm. I know Zack Snyder directed it, but I think it's more, you know, his story that helped it be what it is, if you'd yeah. like it. Um, and most recently, he's working on the Sandman TV series. So uh, Sandman, uh, based on Neil Gaiman books, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> So that should be good. And then uh, the budget for this was $45 million and went on to make about $131.2 million at the box office. Dang. Big bucks. <laughs> Big money. Big money. Yeah. And moving on, uh, obviously you have the main players in the film. So we have Wesley Snipes, who plays Blade. Uh, he was also seen in New Jack City, 
Demolition Man, U.S. Marshals, and uh, recently was very good in the Dolomite uh, is my name with uh, with Eddie Murphy. Dolomite is my name. I have not seen that, actually. Good so. movie, man. Netflix movie. All right. Check that out. And then we have uh, Stephen Dorff. He plays uh, Deacon Frost. Also seen Helen Immortals, The Power of One, and really in a show called Deputy on Fox. Then we have Chris Christopherson. He plays Whistler. He's uh, also been seen in Payback, The Jacket, 2001, Planet of the Apes uh, with Tim Burton, and then and was last seen in 20s Blade. Then we have, I'm going to probably butcher this name, but Boucher Wright uh, yeah. plays Dr. Karen Jensen, also seen in Dead Presidents. Oh, I remember that movie. Fresh mm-hmm. is and was last seen in 2018, A Talent for Trouble. And then finally. Did you say ze- Zebrahead? Yeah, Zebrahead. Okay, cool. Zebrahead, and then uh, we have Donald Logue. I don't think I, I don't think I I think I know who that is, but I just I, mm-hmm. the name plays uh, Quinn. Also seen in The Tower, Steve, The Patriot, Rainier Games, and will be seen in the upcoming Resident Evil reboot. Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. So check that yeah. out. A lot nice. of big names there. Big names. So. Uh... You know, before we get into the details of what we thought of oh this classic gosh. film, yes. we have to do the wheel names, right? Oh, man. I'm so glad you're on this today because it's going to be you. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I always got a little something up my sleeve. So I know. I know. I'm, I put it on the universe all day today, so I'm hoping it responds. <laughs> today, one of these lucky contestants will win right here on Wheel of Names. All right, so let me show you what the wheel name says. Uh, the wheel name says Paper, Rock, Scissors with Oscar and Caesar. So yes. uh, we have Caesar as paper, Oscar as rock, Caesar as scissors, Oscar as paper. Caesar has rock and Oscar has scissors. And Oscar has rock, Caesar has scissors, Oscar has scissors, Caesar has paper, and so on and so forth. Oscar has paper, Caesar has rock. So we each have three chances to win. Uh, three th- chances to lose. So best two out of three. What do you say? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So first spin. Here we go, everybody. And the first spin is Caesar has rock and Oscar has scissors. Yay. That's one for me. <laughs> all right. All right. It's okay. Come on, universe. Come on, universe. <laughs> all right. Here we go. The next one. No whammies. Oh, one, one. Yes. To the death. <laughs> uh, Oscar has scissors. Caesar has paper. So Ta-da. we're at one, one. One apiece here. It's right. a rubber match. Who's going to do the 30 second challenge? You. <laughs> no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> Yes! Are you kidding? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> paper beats rock. Yeah. We could have played a uh, rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. That's from, uh, you know, Big Bang Theory, but that would have took forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know that reference, but I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, it sounds complicated already. All right. I'll just do it one time. Uh, let's see if I can do it right. 
Scissors cuts paper, paper covers rock. Rock crushes lizard, lizard poisons Spock. Spock smashes scissors, scissors decapitate lizard. Lizard eats paper, paper disproves Spock. Spock vaporizes rock, and uh, as it always has, rock crushes scissors. There you go. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's way too many references. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really funny on the show though. But yeah, there you go. Awesome. Uh all right. So oh, man, okay, all right. Since it was just me and you, I didn't make it any tougher. Uh, but if I had one request, it would be for you to do it in the voice of Whistler. But <laughs> oh my gosh, Chris I, Christopherson. Ah oh, man, <laughs> no, you don't have to though. It was just a okay. request. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about this today because I'm like, oh, if I get picked, I'm like, am I gonna have to do it in Snipes like accent? Like who other who played. else would I? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> But I can get, I can just go straight, right? I'm just gonna, just yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Oh man. Whenever you're ready, let me know. I'll give. I'm just get this done and over with. You know what I mean? All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. Blade is about a movie uh, that has a individual that is a daywalker. His name is Blade, and he he basically is like part vampire and he's pretty much hunting and tracking down all these like migrating vampires through the city and him and his friend Whistler uh, who basically creates all the weapons and then Wesley or Blizzum are basically on the hunt to track down this guy named Frost who's like this evil villain and there's a girl involved who helps like uh, Blade like boom <laughs> yeah all right nice that was decent that was decent that was pretty good man that was yeah. really good. I mean, thankfully, it's like still fresh in my mind, you know? Yeah. It's not like I watched a movie back in 1998. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I remember that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, man, Blade. Um, how how long has it been since you saw it? Was it, was Oof. this? Yeah, I mean, um, I know, I know for a fact that I didn't see this in the theater. Um, so it had to have been like a DVD or something like that. So it's been, I would say, over 10 years, you know, mm. at least, you know, over nice. 10, 12 years. So, so yeah, it's been a while for me, man. You know, I'll say like that was one of the movies that made a lot of people jump to that form of media because they wanted to own that on DVD and see it on DVD to see what it looked like because they liked the effects and stuff so much at that time. It yeah. was like you, you had to get Blade on DVD. You had to get The Matrix on DVD. Because, right. You know, yeah. Those yeah. Are, pop and action films at that time right no that's true that's true did you watch this in the theater i did i was so hyped it was so hyped dude and then as as a person who read comics uh growing up like when i saw that the marvel films was on there like at the beginning kind of really you did it's not the way marvel is now but you saw that i was like oh shit it is marvel i forgot and then yeah put two and two together like i'm probably one of those people that didn't like read them a lot in the comics but remember seeing them in the animated series the spider-man animated series mm. uh, fox he showed okay. up there and i was like oh damn it is blade that's right yeah so, yeah. yeah i'm sure when i first saw it i had no idea that had that had anything to do with marvel that's for sure i just yeah. thought i was like oh it's a, like a vampire like killer you know hunter you know so i had mm. no idea so i walked in there just like "Ooh, that's just cool let's just watch it <laughs> you know? yeah so since we are talking you know this episode is our vampires episode and we're talking blade um what did you think about the whole vampire aspect in this movie um 
I compared mean, to past, you know, iterations, to, I guess. Yeah, compared to like interview with the vamp thing, <laughs> like anything really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, out of like the like the monsters and ghouls, like I do find like the vampire movies like a, a little bit more interesting, just because there's a lot of. Uh, to me, there's just a lot of more history to it. Like I like how mm-hmm. they implemented like the whole kind of like Bible for the vampires and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was thought you know, it's always been a neat idea. You know, this whole idea that like there are other people out there who like thirst for blood and they're like they're hunting humans and stuff like that. So we're mm-hmm. we're already being threatened. Forget about just natural disasters and everyday life, but now we have to worry about like walking down the street late at night and some guy's gonna like put his fangs in our neck, like you know. So yeah, um, yeah. But it's and then you, it's cool to see like you know someone is there to kind of you know play it there to to kind of answer the call. So mm-hmm. and then he's got some badass moves. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I I don't know if it's Wesley Snipes or the martial arts factor. I think that yeah. drew us to the, this film, like seeing those those um sequences uh, when you're young and like you know yeah when this film first came out um i think that was definitely a big draw and then you know obviously the one scene that always sticks out to me that they was i remember was in the trailer was when he throws the doctor out of the hospital window to the oh. building across the street and then he kind of just smirks back and then he jumps over there yeah and then I was like, okay, releasing soon. And I was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You know, if there's um, if there's anything that I notice and that I just connected it to, there are some scenes, like maybe just the angle. But there are some things that are very close to the Matrix. I don't know if you noticed mm, that. Oh, totally, totally. Like even that yeah. scene right there, like the whole jumping across the building, that happens with the scene mm. where like it's later in the film where... Um, Blade is like he's I think he's about to go enter in with the with the motorcycle and those guys mm-hmm. are coming through that that building but the court like yeah. right yeah right down that corridor I'm like that's when mm-hmm. like Neo and uh, Trinity come in and like they do that whole like slow motion walking like mm-hmm. you know jumping on walls and stuff it was oh and then there's that near the end of the near the end of the movie the, the final battle scene where Frost like jumps the way that he jumps it, it kind of mimics how Trinity jumps in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. I think even one of the agents do that too like later on but um, I, that's one thing I noticed. I was like, wow, like, I don't, maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe there's like similar. That's like, what they say. Yeah. There choreography, was, but this came out a year before the matrix, but yeah. they said that like, they say it's coincidental, but they say like, cause the writers of the matrix were working on that already for a while at that. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what I figured. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of that, though, yeah. A lot of those same shot style. Um, you can yeah. definitely see a lot of that, those similarities between those two movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even even the whole concept of there's a whole nother world and this is being controlled by someone else, even though it's right. like the Matrix is machines in this world. It's, you know, vampires that really, right. you know, even Blade makes reference to it in the movie. He's like, you you need to wake up and tells Karen Jensen. That's so true. Yeah, there is. You need to wake up. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and these it's, it's, <laughs> It's so funny when I when I when I like rewatch this movie because like the way that he like uses his voice in this movie and like that was one thing I was gonna ask you like did, do you did you know a lot of it before watching the movie like the any side the movie like any like anything regarding the character because I didn't so I was just wondering if like you did like going into the theater um, if you remember that. I just I knew the very basics of the character 
like mm-hmm. from comics and from the animated show yeah um, just that he was like a vampire hunter that he okay. was half vampire basically yeah uh, whistler whistler is a character that wasn't really in the comics it was kind of based on another character but um he he did show up in the animated show too and i think marvel liked that character so much they ended up working it into the comics later uh, okay and okay. working him um into the film but yeah i just knew those basics and he was cool in the i remember thinking how cool he was in the animated show too i was like man they made him cool like he's riding his not like ghost rider riding his bike up the side of buildings but he was like kind of jumping buildings on his motorcycle yeah and he was after morbius who's got his whole movie coming out i think next mm. year okay uh, the living vampire so yeah a funny thing i didn't know until researching this a little bit more um there's an alternate ending to this film hmm. where they kind of show morbius on the top of the building at the end oh really like, okay and Blade's like, oh shit! Like he's gonna pull out his sword and go fight him. But I believe uh, they couldn't use the character because Sony owned the rights to Spider-Man, and that's one of Spider-Man's villains, and uh, they couldn't use him in the film. So got it. Okay. For the sequel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there was one thing that, uh, like, you know, talking about like favorite scenes, obviously, like one of my first favorite scenes is like when you get introduced to to the Blade, because like that mm-hmm. whole scene of like everyone's dancing and. <clears throat> you know the the song's going on and then like all oh, the, the the blood's coming through and then you have that one guy who's like pretty much dead you know <clears throat> like so i like i like the way that you you get introduced to the character and he's just like he's got this like really little shot which they do a couple times to, to wesley snipes and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i thought that was cool my thing is that um i'm assuming he came through the front door right because that's kind of where the guy was going so my first thought was like did he beat up the bouncer did he like mm. shoot him from a distance that was just one thing i just like thought about because you know you would think that that mm. would cause enough commotion uh, or some commotion uh and then he just like <laughs> he just shows up like kind of just like you know hey i'm here i'm here to kill you guys <laughs> type of thing yeah uh, you know what's funny i never thought about that till you mentioned it and i was thinking the only thing that kind of makes sense is the same way he left is the same way he got in um, yeah you saw him crawl out like through yeah. like a storm window or something like that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. that because that's yeah. When you when you see him like leave, you're like, oh, he like he like found vent or whatever. But uh, yeah, but that that whole scene is still, uh, it's very nostalgic to the time too because the music at that time was very popular. There was a lot of like hard house dance music, and then yeah, you, you walk in and raves and stuff like that was popular at the time. Yeah, and that's basically what's happening. It's like a you know a secretive party. They go through like a seems like a meat shop or something he's like whoa yeah. what is that <laughs> yeah like uh he's pretty and, funny too in my opinion he's like where are we going you know yeah <laughs> dude yeah man and then, and then um and there's a lot of energy there's a lot of energy in that first scene oh of just course people yeah. dancing and the music and then yeah. out of nowhere like when it stops and then you like you said you see that long shot of blade yeah then it's just like okay what what's what's going on now what's about to happen yeah Yeah, exactly yeah yeah um it's funny because like i think and going back to the matrix i think it's the second part right where they show like the is it zion where they're all like dancing and stuff in slow (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh my gosh did someone i I gotta find someone if they like wrote some sort of like around like comparing these two films you know but anyways uh another another one of my like favorite scenes was actually the uh the train scene you know where they're mm. um, they're escaping and they they have to like mm-hmm. butt up against the wall. I thought that was like probably one of the most like nail biting scenes. When like I want to remember it, 
and two is just like damn like it's you, you can tell it's a cgi train but like the right. effect really makes it like they did really mm. well in the post-production or just filming like making it seem like they were like that moving train like that yeah. a lot it was just a lot of like oh shoot like some like we could lose someone here type of thing so yeah i i like that um that is a very uh like you said edge of your seat scene too because you just feel like almost claustrophobic a little bit because they're oh, yeah. like right up against against those trains um yeah i really love the hospital scene man i just love it because it's it, you kind of get a little bit more like of the character of blade um because yeah he shows up after karen jensen and that other doctor are working on the body of uh quinn who's burnt to a crisp um <clears throat> which there's an interesting fact about that by the way but um there all of a sudden he gets up and he bites the doctor in his neck the not jensen but the other doctor and he runs out the room and I think he has Jensen and bites her too. And then Blade shows up like he's walking through the corridors and he's like, I came to finish you off. Right. And then, then the cops like see him and then they shoot him like in the chest. And he's like, motherfucker, are you crazy? Oh, like, dude, that's so funny. Yeah. He's like looking down like, you know, y'all just shot me. <laughs> like, OK, uh, you know, we know, but they don't know what they're doing uh, right. as, a, as yeah. a viewer. Um, but that whole sequence, like when he ends up saving Jensen, I don't, I don't know. It was because he had a flashback in his head of his mother. Yeah. Like seeing a picture, you know, maybe the whole hospital element uh, made him feel some kind of, you know, sympathy. And yeah. He picks her up, throws her out the window across the street, and then he jumps over there. And, I, and that's like one of the first times, I think, in cinema where you see the superhero landing that he does. Mm. on the next building when he jumps over there that's right it's just yeah. so badass dude it's so badass when you see it and i think everyone saw that after after blade you know they're like okay if we can do replicate something like this then we can be successful yeah uh, yeah real quick interesting fact about that scene is and i didn't know this till recently but uh quinn uh donal Logue's character uh during that filming of that scene they were filming at like a, a abandoned hospital yeah and i guess dude had broken his jaw before and like in real life he broke it in three different places and while they yeah. were filming that he had landed on his face something happened he landed on his face and they noticed he was screaming for real oh so gosh. they had to rush him to a real hospital uh because his jaw uh ended up like dislodged jeez and yeah so they ran him to the real hospital and Everyone saw this naked guy walking in with third degree burns at a real oh hospital. And then the, yeah, the, whole yeah. room, the whole room cleared out at the hospital because it looked crazy. Oh, yeah, I so, bet. Jeez. Yeah, because he showed up like all in makeup and everything. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, who's this creature? <laughs> like, all right, I don't know. I don't know who they're accepting at these hospitals, but I got to get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess like the other scene that I have is just obviously like the the last battle scene the final battle scene between frost and blade and i think you mentioned earlier but like the martial arts mm -hmm. and specifically the 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 sound effect for the punches are like my favorite part of this movie too they're so i feel like they're just a couple notches and like they were just like you know what we can make the sound a little bit more like a little more like gusto and just umph uh but i really did like i noticed that a lot i really did like the sound effects of the 
in this movie a lot. And I thought the fight scenes were like really well done, like really cool choreography. And obviously not a lot of cutting. And as we can see, I mean, I feel like with Shang-Chi and obviously like Blade, like the less cuts, man, like I think the better, um, yeah. you know, so it's definitely just really cool um, to see that. Yeah, Wesley Snipes in real life is a fifth degree black belt in Shotokan Karate. Yeah. Uh, funny because we took that style when we were kids. Same oh, style. It, see, I didn't even know yeah. that, man. I had no idea. <laughs> I just, Far just Eastern bro. Yeah, that was the same style. And um, he also had a second degree black belt in Hapkido. So it, he made all that stuff look really good on the screen. Like, yeah, man. Because he knew what he was doing. So, a real again, a real martial artist when you let them do what they need to do. And like Oscar said, you don't cut it out. It definitely enriches uh, the film. Oh, yeah, man. Especially his character. Like now, like, I don't know if you could do Blade without having him do some form of martial arts, some form of hand to hand without. Like, oh, man. You know. You'd have. Yeah. If like for any reason they decide to make less of it or take it out like that's just to me, that's a huge like problem because it's like to me. Like, I, you know, like one of the coolest things is when he fights, you know, I, I love the, mm-hmm. you know, the sword, the, you know, like him fighting with the sword and everything, but him just fighting hand to hand combat. And like he, you can tell he had a lot of fun because it's like when he like just ends a guy or just kind of like just knocks out a guy or like pushes him out of the way. It, he does it in a way that just, I don't know, it's just, it's just a lot of confidence in like the final mm-hmm. movement and it makes it just more enjoyable to watch because he's having fun, you know? Yeah. For sure, he's just he, and his moves. Um, even though you can tell the stuff, some of the, a lot of this stuff is choreographed, obviously, but he makes it look good. Like he's landing those sequences. Oh yeah, really good. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But that that yeah, the martial arts definitely stands out in the movie. And you said earlier something about vampires is history, and they that I feel like they sprinkle that in throughout the film. Like part of the plot is, you know, Deacon Frost going to look at the Book of Erebus. I think they call it the Vampire Bible. Hmm and they're trying to to resurrect like a deity to get the power from la magra or something they call it la magra in the film yeah yeah only frost wants to do that right if i believe right yeah like frost it's only frost he's into that and then the other elder vampires like the house like uh i don't know if they ever actually say the house that they're from because vampires have covens or whatever Mm. um and there is like a round table scene where you know they're all talking about their pure bloods yeah he's not obviously that's like a big deal it's almost like uh some form of uh what would you say class yeah vampires yeah obviously well it's 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 kind of like lineage you know like you're not part of like authentic royalty you know so Mm -hmm. you don't have the same you technically shouldn't have the same privileges as we do you know yeah but he's he's a rebel man he like sits in there like smoking his cigarette and and just kind of like yo man i'm the new wave here bro you know like it's just so he has like such he has such a bravado and like passion he's got like a new way of looking at things so that's like his vision you know um but it is pretty did you like him as playing the villain steven dorf yeah i do actually i I do like him playing the villain i think there's like like i said just as much as like wesley snipes is confident in doing the moves i feel like um steven dorf definitely had a lot it's just fun being the villain you know, and I mentioned this before. I, I think, um, I mean, I don't, I can't recall other movies that, that that actor is in. But if there's one thing that I notice about people who play villains, like they just seems like they just have a lot more fun. You know, because there's a lot. I mean, they're they're pretty much there to c- create chaos, and so mm-hmm. really the only limitation is the 
character themselves so um so you can tell he just had like a lot of fun doing it like he's, he's just sassy he's like a sassy vampire <laughs> in my Yo, th- that's know. another interesting fact is um i guess when they first started uh he wasn't too sure about how to play the character oh really and and uh yeah um and wesley snipes was one of the producers for the film and so he will sit in on some of the shots and some of the recording and the scenes and takes they were doing and um i think what he helped dorf they say and dorf admitted later that you know he helped him by telling him that that you know he's he would take him to say that you know i'm one of the producers for the film so you know i think you you can do it you know do another take mm. and uh he said after he found that out that he became a little more antagonistic oh. and that helped that helped the film obviously it's almost like you know someone telling you hey man you know i'm a boss so you gotta do what i say so he's like you know what fuck you, you know, kind of thing so <laughs> yeah. it helped out right yeah like, yeah it did I, I think that comes across because like you said i think like as confident as wesley snipes was playing playing blade you know steven dorf comes off as just as confident playing you know deacon frost yeah like, i don't i don't think i know i read some other actors they were considering for that role but now i was like i don't know if i can see anyone else playing that role uh, in mm-hmm. that film yeah i mean he's like new age like i said new age vampire there's one scene right. where he's sitting down in in the archives and he's like got some headphones on listening to jungle music like at that time which was popular like dance yeah. music oh my gosh yeah. it's one of those things too where like you right away they you already get the the idea that he's kind of trouble because he's like look your parties are gaining too much attention we've got a deal here with the humans you know um it almost feels like they're the mob like it just right there that it felt like they were like the godfather family you know like <laughs> the corleone yeah. family you know yeah, exactly. and he's just yeah. like he's be we should be rulers of this freaking place you know um yeah that's that's cool to know because in my opinion like i said like i thought he played like a really great villain he just really owned mm-hmm. it and he just really like enjoyed being that kind of person. Like one of my one of my favorite things is like when he got like the headset on because he's keeping communication with dude, it's just one guy, just take him out. And Quinn is like, Yeah, you don't get it, man. But like there's like 20 people around him, and he just like takes everyone out and he's got the blade and he's like, Yeah, yeah, the sword of sword. Yeah, he's like, shut the f- up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just like it, he's sarcastic, you know, in that way. And he's also kind of mm-hmm. like just get the job done. Uh so, but uh, you know. Yeah. Some of the other characters, like Chris Christopherson's, like uh, badass father figure, kind of in a way, you know, mm-hmm. comes off as uh, I don't want to say almost cowboyish in a way, a little uh, bounty hunterish, westernish. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he definitely like, like grizzledness to him. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got, he's got, yeah, he's got, he's a little rough around the edges in his eye and stuff, and furled brow and. I mean, guy like look like he just came out of like a Marlboro commercial. You know what I mean? Like, Blade <laughs> <laughs> don't take no shit. You know, you bringing home strays? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just yeah. really yeah, it's really funny. Like their dynamic and stuff. Like they're mm-hmm. they they have a job to do and they'll kind of get on each other's. But at the same time, like they know they know what's at stake. You know, like when yeah. he when Whistler's like sitting in that chair and give me the gun. You know, he's like. Just get the hell out of here. You know, like he tells us pretty much, get the, you know, like two times. Mm-hmm. He's like, get out of yep. here. Get out of here. You know? Yeah, obviously, it's a, with a little more intensity, a little more colorful language. 
that scene right there is just really funny to me. I'm just like, man, he just, these guys don't really give a crap about, not that they don't give a crap about each other, but they're just, they just talk however they want to talk to each other, which is like really funny, so. Yeah, and they definitely don't see the world the way that normal people do, which is something that comes across throughout the film. Like, they don't, yeah. you know, they, like, he refers to people as strays, so obviously they're on another level. Um, yeah because they're they're living in that underworld basically yeah. so is he um, is he just like a grittier like morpheus then <laughs> uh, no uh, yeah man <laughs> he pulled blade into that world so i mean he found him he's like when he tells he the story him. he found him when he was a kid and he thought yeah. he was a vampire but then he realized he was something else so yeah th- that's something they it's kind of a newer character so it just makes you think like was he just using blade the whole time or did he come to care for blade over time? yeah yeah. One thing I didn't know, again, doing research for the movie, I guess, um, when David S. Goyer was pitching some of the Blade movie to the studio, to New Line Cinema, the, the studio felt that only three people could play the role of Blade. Huh. And obviously one of them was Wesley Snipes, the other one was Denzel Washington, and then the third one was uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, really? Yeah, we went out to be Morpheus for Matrix. Check that out. So, yeah. But in Goyer's mind, it was always Snipes. He always has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you can just see it just from the hand-to-hand combat, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it would be interesting to see uh, <laughs> Denzel, because <laughs> like you know, like would he be like rugged with his voice? You know, he's he's like yeah. you know, <laughs> my man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who knows? You know, but uh, you just never know until. You know, tell who gets signed. Never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Karen? Like, what do you think about that character? Like, in um, I felt like I like Karen's character, but at the same time, it's you don't. There's not a lot of um, growth per se for the character. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like they're just kind of hanging around. Um, but I do like that they gave her enough to. Um, try to say that she's not going to settle for what they're telling her. Mm. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. since she's a doctor, she knows um, the chemistry that's involved in what's happening right. to her, to a sense, because she's a hematologist. I think uh, they say in the movie, um, and she's basically researching, trying to cure herself, and ends up ends up coming up with a cure for people that have been bitten. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. Um, but they don't really give her a lot. So it's almost just like, you know, a little cutaway scenes here and there throughout the film. See that? I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was, for me, it was just more of like, obviously, she's, I mean, she's not obviously fully replacing Whistler, but she does it now in a sense of assisting Blade, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and yeah, like you, you don't, she doesn't really get, she obviously has like the knowledge to, to, you know, to make the serum and stuff like that, or to basically help Blade and, and kind of give insight to what's happening because she 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 studies that, you know, she studies Blade and everything. <clears throat> but you're right, she doesn't have like these major like moments. I think you're right, they're just kind of like spliced in there. Uh, I did like the scene though where she gets reunited with her, um, with the other doctor. Oh, like, yes. Chris Tim, Curtis. Played by Tim Guinea, I think. The actor. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was so funny. And I like how he brought up the line again. He's like, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you like, do you think, do you get second thoughts about us or do you, do we, you know, whatever he says? I just thought that mm-hmm. was like pretty funny. And then she oh, but you know what's funny leading up to that scene? Remember? It's uh, 
Quinn and Frost, and they're like, yeah, it's just weird sometimes, right? Like you bite them, and sometimes oh, they become zombies and shit, and they're like yeah. making fun of it. Yeah, so I thought funny, that was. Yeah. I was just like, and that was interesting. I'm like, oh, so like now, like they don't all be, they don't all turn to vampires. They could, you know, they can kind of like morph into something else. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never, mm-hmm. I like completely missed that the first time. And then like when I saw it, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like there's, there's an idea. There's like a, a you know, you could, this could branch out into something else so but they kind of see them as like lower like they don't see them as like yeah part of the clan because they just like throw them in a pit they're like hey you know whatever it's weird you know yeah oh my gosh do you have a do you have like a favorite weapon that blade uses like to kill off the vampires um i really like man I really like at the beginning of the movie. I think I like those stakes, like kind of the classic vampire trope, right? Yeah. They're like, it said, but in this movie, they're like silver stakes that he mm. shoots like from a shotgun. So I, I thought that was really cool at the beginning when he's like shooting those and, yeah. um, you know, they're kind of going through people and then you kind of see the, I know it's kind of dated now for the time, but like the way the, the transition from when like they get hit and then they kind of dematerialize, yeah. you see a skeleton and then turn to ash. Yeah. That thing was, was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I, I really like that, um, I think. And the sword, obviously. Oh, yeah. No, for me, I think obviously the first one's the sword just because of just his his ability to handle it and, like, fight with it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, the silver links. And then, like, I know he doesn't really finish him, like, with, with the hand-to-hand combat. But, like, if, you know, I'm sure he, I think at one point he would just use the stakes. He'd, like, do a combo and then he like, finish mm-hmm. it with stakes. So I guess you could say, like, hand-to-hand combat. But... That was like my that was probably my third way of doing it, you know. But yeah, the, the shotgun scene in the beginning, it was like, damn, this guy's just taking everybody out. Yep. Yeah, and then he uses kind of like a I don't know, is it like a a silver? I don't know, it's like boomerang type thing. Like oh, like yeah, and he throws it, <laughs> and then he catches it himself, like really yeah. fast. I, I don't I don't know what that's called, but yeah, it, it almost seems like it has like this like boomerang boomerang effect. It's funny you bring it up because when this is like the scene where karen wakes up and then she like wants to leave the building and then mm-hmm. whistler confronts and then you see blade come down but you don't hear him did you notice mm-hmm. that like you don't that hear him dope. yeah but that was like really cool but then and which was like and this blade and then like he has the little uh blade. he has like the yeah, boomerang and thing and he like crosses <laughs> his arms and i i couldn't help but laugh i'm like oh like i just thought it was like really uh, product was placement kinda, yeah, it was just really like a little hokey for me, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it was just it was just kind of when when that happened, I was like, all right, let's 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 get out of this scene real quick. <laughs> you know, let's fade to black. You know, that was someone saying, you know, hey, if this thing makes toys, man, we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need some accessories. Yeah, <laughs> but hold true. this blade. <laughs> hold this. Yeah, this would be part of the toy. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, man. Did um, I just thought that scene where. Like uh, they have like the pictures hanging from in like mm-hmm. the glass, like it almost looks like a museum exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really weird. I'm like, isn't it strange that like the originals are just like hanging <laughs> like in that little area there, and like they just happen to be fighting in that room? First thing I thought of it was like, why? Why would you? Why would you do that? Like, why would you put it there? But you know, I, I guess you know you you don't. They probably just didn't want to have like a book just laying there or something like that. Um, but also too, my first my other thought was, you know the the person who's making the movie props like dude th- that looks like really aged paper and that takes quite a bit to do yeah and so yeah. like i can only imagine you know he 
th- that person worked on it for so you're just gonna like like let it rip and like get it and it's oh, just gonna god so mad whoever's yeah, doing that he's like, yeah like, oh. so he's out to keep one of these for myself this is from exactly the yeah 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 they tear those things apart mm-hmm. yeah there's um one thing i do want to mention is just about the movie itself like this isn't a marvel comics universe movie it's not an mcu movie not marvel cinematic universe movie but i see a lot of those same elements in this film like modernized mm. now like I, that's one thing I was trying to pay attention to because you know recently um, there's been debates online about what movie kind of kicked off the comic book you know movie universe yeah. in a sense cinematically um, and some people were saying like X Men some people were saying Spider Man but a lot of people were coming back to Blade um, because they were saying that Blade was one of the first films that showed studios that they could make money off of you know little known characters from the comics. Mm, yeah you know and there's a lot of you know if you're going to watch this if you've never seen it and uh you like those kind of movies like marvel movies um i think you would love this movie because there's a lot of those elements showcasing of the character Mm -hmm. like where they're made to be bigger than life and you see that there's a lot of those kind of shots in this movie of the character like uh when he shows up at the beginning and they, there's that long shot of blade or when he lands on top of that building when after he jumps um you know or when he's going to fight deacon frost at the end and he's running with the sword and then does like the flip you know and yeah then, you know they're gonna fight in their final battle a lot of those moments are like they're heroic like there's their moments like in cinema now that you would see oh yeah like, yeah like they're they're very like uh, the the angle and the type of like just the way that they frame the hero. It's a lot of heroes. There you shots, go. Yep. You know what I mean? It really reminded me of like uh, Captain America, like just the way that they frame mm. Captain America. Like they really centralize that character, and just the way that he's in those hero poses, really athletic like hero stance, and so it just captures that moment. It's like okay, this is our hero. This is this guy knows what he's doing, you know, type of thing. So yeah, I can see how they 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 made that intentional, and then you can see that now into like yeah. the current time of like hero superhero movies and stuff like that and it's funny too because in black widow like what's what's the the sister the like make yeah like, like then there's like the they're pose. making fun of it so it's almost like a mm-hmm. full circle it's kind of interesting like a full circle thing uh yeah so you're right that's a good that's a good point yeah um i think i that was a little bit of the, the twitter like discussion you were having i think regarding like i think it was spawn and blade was in there too and stuff like that yeah so yeah. Stuff, what did you think about the person working in the archives the pearl character uh the what character the pearl you said pearl Pearl. yeah the big gigantic vampire is just kind of stuck in a bed oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh my gosh that was weird that was that's like let, let's like coming across like uh job of the hut or something like that um you know really strange because it's like who's like who's feeding this person? <laughs> you know, because like it doesn't look like this individual can like get up, or I don't know how, you know. But um, yeah, it was really strange. That was like a really strange part of the film, you know. Do you have any insight um, on that? Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, not a lot, but I think it was like seven hundred pounds of latex. Oh my gosh! For that character, and they just built around that character's room because it was so difficult to move it. It was so heavy. 
Oh yeah. So obviously. And uh, I guess the explanation of why that character got so big was because uh, that vampire became cannibalistic and liked to eat like babies, hearts, and stuff like that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I guess they went away from that so much like backstory on it but yeah that that was uh looking into some of the research for this film that's what they said that's why yeah. it was so big did he have and, a name uh, is there a Pearl. name okay pearl. yeah oh, it's like one of those things where it's like mm, you have a problem with pearl it's like oh he keeps eating babies it's like mm, what should we do with them uh, is there like a is there like a position in mm. it or something like that you know like you just <laughs> stick some oh. in the basement you know? <laughs> wow no that's not Terrible. a thing against you obviously but i'm in the basement <laughs> i can't move <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah. damn okay <laughs> uh <laughs> i didn't know this in finding out i guess David Fincher was up to direct this movie too. Ooh, what? And uh, he, what came out around that time that he was working on? Was that Fight Club? Seven. Well, seven. Oh. Well, yeah, no. Was it Fight Club? I don't know. It might have been Fight Club. Could have been. Because this but. came out in '98. This was after Seven. I know that much. Yeah, Fight Club was 1999. So, ah. so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean. One of the questions I had too, do you do you think that this movie at times is campy? Mm. Like I'm I'm resorting to you because I feel like I, I don't think I know enough about like how when when this happens in my opinion, you know. But no, I, I don't like, think so. Because okay. Campy was right before this came out. And like I think ninety seven Batman and Robin came out and a lot of people thought basically that was like it. That movie was so bad that they're only going to make any more comic book based movies which i mean batman and robin is like one of those little gems now that is so bad that it's good kind of thing like it's <laughs> yeah. so horrible but it's like people love it because ridiculous and it is campy but i think a lot of people didn't know that this was based on a comic book property and they tend to look at it more as an action horror film which yeah. is kind of what it was it was and i don't think there was a lot of moments i would call campy in there Okay. There was little moments of like, you know, humor that were sprinkled in there. Um, why did you think it was campy? I was there, you know, and, and when I asked the question, it's like I'm. I was like, well, what, what ex I'm exactly the the you know the specific example? But I couldn't think of it at the time. But I was like, I'm just gonna ask the question just in case, like Caesar picks up on it because I just feel like you have a good, you have a good reference to that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So but, uh, okay, I was just curious. Yeah, David Fincher, I guess. He did a work on the draft with David S. Goyer for this movie. And oh, that's interesting. One of the things, a bit of wisdom that he, he gave Goyer, and he said, um, on the road to enlightenment, you have to kill your mother, kill your father, and kill Buddha. And Goyer applies that here for Blade's road back towards his humanity. Ah, that's interesting. Because like, I was going to ask you the question, too. I was like, hey, how do you feel about Blade like, taking on his mom? You know? yeah. <laughs> and he, he says something, too, that's kind of, somewhat philosophical and even like you know you can even say like somewhat i don't want to say religious but spiritual where he's like i have to release you mm -hmm. <laughs> this whole yeah, idea of like said, letting go of the past you know type yeah. of thing i was gonna ask you that too so what do you think the significance was of this plant that he had cared for all this time and then he cuts the roots off of it that yeah that's actually that was actually my other question too i have no idea to be honest because i remember when you first see it you like the camera's just on it and you're like 
what what is this thing you know at first i couldn't even i was like is that a plant i couldn't even really make out what it was um and then obviously later on he meditates and then he like takes it out so he's taking care of it but i honestly i can't attach any sort of significance you know so what do you think um the only thing i could think that it might mean in this film is he has no roots left like whistler's gone so oh. it's kind of like the end of this you know this is the end of this road and it's time to go to a new one so it's time to cut it off and yeah I, that's the only thing i could think of is he cuts off the roots because mm-hmm. he can't care about what's there anymore and he has to move past it so that's yeah. maybe the only thing i could think of um because i was trying to think why did they do that why couldn't they film it and they film it and they show it yeah to mean something right so no so he's that's something i would love, love to ask <laughs> that's something i would like to ask the director what does that mean what was the significance of that so yeah because like it's you see it early on and then i think i think you see it almost twice before you see it uh you know being cut off and stuff like so he cuts the roots yeah he like he actually cuts off food yeah and so yeah i like i don't know anything about like (laughs) <laughs> maybe he was like yo this pot this little pot's too small now i need i need a bigger pot but i mean if he's cut off the roots i you know i don't know can, is there some way to kind of you know save them i don't know but yeah that's that's actually interesting yeah because at that point um but at that point he hasn't met his mom yet though right Mm-mm. but he doesn't no. know that he doesn't, he doesn't know that know. she's alive which Ooh. is a big twist i guess right Biggest yeah twist in, uh, is it i know twist, i was ah yeah you know what i was surprised i was like dang this girl's been around this whole time you know yeah how come you never looked at me (laughs) (laughs) why don't we love me (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know sorry (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't think he cares about Blade don't care about birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you necessarily know that either um, from watching the film. Like, because oh. she shows up earlier um, when, like, Frost character is, you know, translating those uh, pages from the Book of Erebus. And it's like the translation is complete and she kind of comes out of the bed, that bed that raises up like a giant coffin. Oh, bed. you're right. But you don't see next her. To him. Yeah. You're right, but she, you don't see her face, but you see someone. Right? Yeah, and you're like, who is that? So that's kind true. Of like foresh- foreshadowing, I guess. Good point. Um, Good point. I totally missed that. I mean, I remember that, but I never, yeah. it never occurred to me. I just thought I was like, man, this guy just likes to be with any girl, you know? Yeah, He's just living his life, doing whatever he wants living to do. Living his best life. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there any other thing that stands out, like? from the movie itself like the climactic scene maybe the battle at the end did you think it was it was cool like leading up to the final battle with frost like when blade gets he has to suck blood out of karen jensen and oh dude I'll, I'll be honest that was a really weird edit like you know when when blade is like sucking on the neck of karen and it's just like mm-hmm. it keeps going back and you're just like this this seems a little at times like sexualized like yeah or like a little erotic at one point which is just, a vampire thing a trope right yeah it's exactly so i guess you know maybe that's kind of how they're playing with it but it, it just mm-hmm. the way that it was edited i'm like oh man this is kind of weird like you guys are like friends and shit like you guys are helping each other and all of a sudden like 
yo, you know, like it's become erotic all of a sudden. Like the only thing that really stood out as far as like the battle. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, obviously, like I said, it was a lot, it was really cool to watch and stuff like that. Did you, did you get any like uh, Big Trouble Little China vibes from the, that, from that bat final battle scene with like the head like blown up? But then also remember, remember with Snipe Blade, like, Blade is like in that hallway and he's got like those mm -hmm. Buddhas around. And that's the first time he uses the those blue syringes or those blue the blue like serum or whatever you call it. Yes, yes, yes. The yeah, first thing I yeah. thought, honestly, wow. is when you dude, trouble little China. Dude, yeah, that's, that's the true. first thing because like he's in that walkway and all the Buddhas or all like those statues are there. It's got a very similar like look. And then when they when he like sticks them with them, like the first mm -hmm. thing I thought was like, oh, it's like that face that happens in the big China scene. So I was like, yeah. maybe maybe there's a little bit of a callback there, you know so yeah they, that's true yeah that was like a drug that she yes i can't remember the name of esd or nst or something yeah. like that she it made like a reaction in the vampire blood specifically yeah yeah and uh they explode pretty much yeah you know so yeah which is what ends up uh doing in frost at the end uh like yeah frost thinks that's his serum he's like, yes try, try some <laughs> right and my first thought was like you know obviously like well quinn is like not the greatest like right hand man he's not the smartest not the brightest no so i no, guess man. so it's one of those things where you would think that he'd be like you know frost would investigate that like what is that you know type of thing but he doesn't and i guess maybe because you know at this point like you know he, he just can't rely on like his man to to like you know be investigative kind of stuff because he's kind of on he's kind of on his own you know and some of it is dated now uh, in the climactic part. There's a lot of CGI at the end. Um, you know, that scene where he uses those chemicals, but also in the final battle scene yeah. where, you know, the 12 vampires, the elder vampires, you know, they get like a, their spirits, I guess, coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Breaks through their skeleton. And that stuff looks kind of, you know, dated now, um, computerized. And you can tell. Um, but the still the hand to hand stuff looks cool. There's almost like an anime feel to the sequence when Frost and Blade are fighting each other really fast. Yes. With the, knives, the, the swords, they go back and forth with the faces. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing, too, is like uh, when like Blade gets his 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 sword back. Yeah. He, like he runs to him and he's going up that ramp and he looks like Naruto for like a split second. He's almost doing like yeah. a Naruto like run. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, yeah, you can tell there's like some anime influences and stuff or just asian influence it here so it's it's pretty awesome to like see like how they incorporated a lot of this stuff and and it's mm -hmm. it's still relevant to this day which is really awesome you know so yeah the greatest thing i take away like from this film is even though it's like 1990 like eight like the stuff that's that was like used to influence it still influences a lot of films today and like it's still very popular i mean we just came out of watching shang chi you know and it's just kind of like it's just amazing yeah. it's so rich and then we have Blade here, and it's just like, man, Wesley Snipes did an amazing job, like being that hero. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, well, let's go back into Back to the Future, man. I want you can't just leave me back here. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. If we could somehow harness this lightning, channel it into the flux capacitor, just might work. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right, all right.
It's so funny when like Doc says the flux capacitor, it almost sounds like he misses the L. He's like, it's the fucks capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this no, guy Doc. fucks. This guy fucks a lot. <laughs> Doc, that's the wrong one, man. You need the one with the L in it. You need the flux capacitor. The flux. <laughs> the flux. It does sound like it's a, he says fucks capacitor. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it does sound a little bit like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not an accident. You know what I mean? So, it's, modern movies, anything similar to this, would you say? The only thing that really comes to mind, and it's not even live action, but it's it's called the uh, anime called Demon Slayer because it's mm. it, it's it's not it's <clears throat> uh, I mean the way that they're demons, they're referred to as demons, but they the demons do actually like eat people to mm. get stronger. Mm-hmm. Um and so you have you have this character who's been trained as a demon slayer and like the demon slayer is kind of like this group like multiple demon slayers they get um directed like to their next missions and stuff and so you have this character who tries to fight these demons and tries to you know cut off their heads or you know and uh so i would say that's the closest thing that i can get to that's like i said it's not live action but um you know it's really popular anime series i think yes season one's already done they did a movie which falls in line with the story so that nothing breaks apart. And then they're, I think they're working on season two or they're going to release season two sometime next year. So mm. nice. Demon Slayer. Could you try again? I'm sorry. That was Siri. I don't know how Siri came through there. Sorry. She's trying to, trying to load Demon Slayer. Uh, <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think studios are still trying to capture that kind of magic. That, that's one thing I'll say modern wise, I guess maybe the last thing that's eh, you could a lot of people would say might be in that same universe or like the underworld movies, you know, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. And those are older. I mean, I think, well, most of them are older. I think the last one came out like in 2016. So they're still making those. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's anything like it as far as that character, because uh, again, he does have a, a, a different background, a, a character that's from the comics. So it's it's just like a different world. And there is hundreds of vampire movies out there, you know, hundreds. Mm-hmm. And vampire movies that incorporate martial arts too and that are set like in big cities. I don't think there's like any any like that really. Um, yeah. That, that you can compare. Like the martial arts aspect, like we just saw Shang-Chi. So and it's a combo character. So that might be the only thing that's kind of similar to you know executing those two two parts yeah. of it, like the horror element. I don't think there's much like that. You think you think maybe it's because like people just really got up and ran with like the whole zombie theme. Yeah, this whole month we're talking different characters. So like these are vampires. We got ghosts and werewolves and stuff like that. Zombies. I don't know because they're still making vampire movies. Mm-hmm. Like you you think. There's no real action-packed zombie stuff unless you like really want to go back to those Resident Evil movies with Vendel Jovovich. Um, but you know, most zombie stories are there's some kind of political message in them, you know, mm, like yeah. that they always try to paint. Um, whereas like vampire films, I feel like there's always some uh erotic, you know, yeah. sexual thing undertone. In a lot of newer vampire stuff, they like tend to lean more into that than the action element. Yeah, uh, which which Blade is. Um, it's true. Yeah, I hate to say this, but like it's one of those things where I'm sure there's marketing like 
surveys <laughs> and i'm sure they're like yeah no one's just hitting on the vampire thing like no one really like wants it as much you know but that could that could be part of it too but you know yeah i mean you get what was the last popular vampire like thing besides underworld i think what is it um was it twilight was it twilight yeah i was gonna say twilight stuff yeah. for the teen, yeah. teens and uh, uh young i mean there's shows is there like a vampire show on cw or something i don't know what it's called yeah i don't remember yeah i mean it was it was like they had that hbo show what was that it was true blood true, true blood true blood yeah. true blood but that was like man i heard that shit was like you know you gotta cover your eyes at times but that's like was, skinamax yeah it was like vampire skinamax you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i guess yeah i, I don't know man i mean it's, it'd be interesting to, to hear like you know what what's going on behind the behind the scenes when it comes to like vampire movies because you're right there is that you know like that sexualized or erotic like you know um like component to it so mm -hmm. there i mean I'll, I'll say real quick and not not necessarily um like blade but there's there are some good vampire movies out there there's some good vampire stories out there and like recently some of the ones that i've seen um the original version of let the right one in was pretty good i don't know if you've ever seen that um that's a good story and I, I it didn't do really well like for universal but i did like the dracula until that came out i think in 2012 was it 2014 i think 2014 recently that was pretty good um and then there's an interesting one called a girl walks home alone at night i think it's black and white um that one's really good too it's just kind of an independent vampire story and you wouldn't even think it's a vampire movie until you saw it um but you know that one's pretty good um and then you have a handful of like you know not so new stuff but like stuff that is as far as vampires go like you know bram stoker's dracula or interview yeah. with a vampire um you know those kind of stories i feel like are really good too because they kind of go more historical uh with some of the elements in there um as opposed to nowadays um and straight up horror uh i'll say 30 days of night is pretty awesome vampire flick if you want to watch a vampire movie and get scared uh watch yeah. vampires yeah so and again that's based on a comic too so yeah yeah might be the only thing that's similar based on comics um yep and if you want to laugh and watch yeah. vampires, yes, you yes. have to watch what we shadows twenty four. What we do in the shadows, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and the show. This show is amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the new season, but I know just based on the fact that it already got renewed for a fourth season that they're doing something right in the third season. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah, gotta watch that too, man. Uh, which one little quick tidbit is that in season two, uh, Blade actually makes an appearance. Uh, and what we do in the shadows. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. A lot of a lot of movie vampires make appearance in that show. So they kind of put them all in the same universe, like saying there's vampires in the world. So that's really, really funny. Cool. Really funny. Yeah, that's awesome. And the ones from the movie come out in the, in the show. It's <laughs> awesome. funny, man. Gotta see it. Um, all right. Anything what about you? Any recommendations vampire wise that you would make? No, I mean, like the one that I always go back to is just the interview with the vampire, to be honest. Um, mm. That's like, because I have not seen 
I'm like, I'm not someone that like I'm always looking for like the vampire like movies, but mm-hmm. that one always just goes goes um comes back to me. The uh, I did date a girl who really loved Bram Stoker's Dracula so much. Mm. Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? Is- in that one yes yeah he comes out she she yeah she loved that movie so much that she memorized that she memorized the lines and i was like no and she's like i did and i picked like a random scene and like he literally word for word that scene did the line with characters she used to watch that movie all the time so that was pretty impressive yeah i was pretty impressed when she was Uh, i'll say that's 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 like pretty good gothic vampire like mm. story if you want to watch Bram Stoker's for sure. Um I have one a couple more quick little recommendations you can watch. Uh, there's a Spanish language one called Cronos which is really good uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Mm. And it's it's a definitely a different take on vampirism as a whole. It's like I don't know if you've ever seen that but it's pretty good. Um no, it's like a little de- device that ends up like making someone into a vampire. It's crazy. Huh. Um for fun and laughs not like what we do in the shadows, but the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992 is a fun oh, movie okay. too. Like if you get there to you watch go. it with uh, Luke Perry, Kusty Swanson, I think David Arquette's in it, Rudger Howard's in it, Pee Wee Herman's in it. It's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. So Nice. Which leads us into our last segment, man. The uh, recast segment. Recast. God, genius! The can's upside down! Don't talk to me like a child! I- I played Hamlet at Cambridge. Once again, you've ruined my concentration. Excuse me, excuse me. What's what's my motivation? Recasting a movie? Trust one of us, not some actor. That's it. I am going to my trailer. Go to your trailer. We're gonna get you recasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so interesting enough, there is gonna be a new Blade movie made by Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh, we know who's gonna play Blade. But uh, for fun, who would you have play Blade in the new movie? Um, man, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's bring it old school. Let's let's bring Denzel into the light. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> That's right, Deacon. <laughs> let's let's. I'm gonna go ahead and throw in. And throw Denzel in there and get some, get you know, in there. I guess I don't know, but that's my choice right there. Wow. Uh, well, I know there's a thing. Another, there was a rapper who played Blade in the TV show version of the Blade series. It was a uh, Sticky Fingers from the group Onyx. He played Blade, and he actually did do too bad, which is funny enough. Um, and then now they got Mahershala Ali is going to play Blade for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Um, if I had to pick someone uh, that wasn't Wesley Snipes or Mahershala Ali to be Blade, um, I would pick for fun Will Smith. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> why? Why Will Smith? For I just fun. would want to see. I, I, yeah. I think it would be funny. You know, just oh, just like him. it'd be funny. Yeah. You know, see, well, I don't know. Might turn out good. Might turn out bad. Who knows? He could yeah. be brooding. Who knows if he could be brooding enough to be Blade? But uh, I think it could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, he'd be like, he'd, he'd be really like, I don't know, like the, the Will Smith where he, he likes to make jokes. Like he'd be the guy in like Independence Day. Oh, That's how I see him. 
that's how I see him. And of course, he's got to like, you know, deepen his voice and everything. But uh, OK, if I was being serious, there's a guy. Uh, yeah. From Black Panther. I could see if he wasn't already in the MCU, I could see Winston Duke being Blade. He, he probably would be really dope. OK. Uh, he plays M'Baku in uh, Black Panther. Got and it. he okay. was also in the movie. I don't know if you've seen uh, Us by Jordan Peele. He comes on that. Uh, he was in the Spencer uh, Confidential movie with Mark Wahlberg. Hmm. Uh, pretty good actor. I think he could do it. Which okay. is, you know, what's funny is, though, too, another interesting fact was that for a long time, Wesley Snipes was trying to get the Black Panther movie made before he made Blade. Really? He wanted, he wanted, he wanted to play Black Panther. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting fact there. Yeah. Yeah. Winston Duke. He's like the other like lead tribal guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Babaku. Yeah, yeah, all right. All right, who plays Deacon Frost for you, man? In a remake. A redo. <laughs> Deacon Frost is played by Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt Damon would be an awesome like Deacon Frost, man. I I'd really dig that. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. You go with John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. No, you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you bring in the outside universe into this universe <laughs> yeah. yeah man that's funny you know what's funny is also uh at one point the studios wanted mark Wahlberg to be deacon frost oh i can see that i could see that yeah. you could have that he has that, that little bit of yeah because one thing he doesn't i don't know how tall steven dorf is but it, like i for some reason when i when i saw him it hit me when he was talking to uh, when he was talking to Blade when he was already like kind of on the ground after he found out about his life and stuff. And I was like, oh my god, like, kind of there's a little resemblance of like Matt Damon in there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what got, that's what made me uh, choose him. So, but I, I could see Mark Wahlberg in there too. You know, mm-hmm. all right, a little, little chip on his shoulder. You know, who who plays your whistler? <laughs> oh. Um, dang it, man! I'm trying to remember a guy's name. He was in. Um, they call him the Dude. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a little, you know, he's a little bit. You know, t- it seems like he'd be a little bit taller. He's obviously like a bigger guy, but I think it'd, mm-hmm. it'd be a fun dynamic, you know, to have him in there. All right. To come full circle, I'm gonna go with uh, Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang was uh, the villain from the movie Avatar. He was like the the colonel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. He was also in the movie Don't Breathe. So he's the he plays the blind man in both both Don't Breathe movies. Ah, uh, okay, uh, got it. Yeah, he's got kind it. of a, got the, he got that grizzled thing going on. I I could see him being like a, a badass whistler. Yeah, if 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 I had another choice for a whistler, I'd probably do Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Sam Elliott. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, yeah. you gotta go kill them vampires. <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah he's got like this i don't know how to explain it but yeah super I, I western mean, man i can't do it i yeah. can't do it uh all right how about um karen's character who plays karen oh man um i'm gonna throw a name out there what about rihanna let's just throw rihanna in the mix eh, okay you know mm-hmm. she's got you know i think that could work i could uh, probably work <laughs> who did you pick <laughs> i was gonna say what scott would say but i'm gonna say Oh my god! Uh, I don't know what Scott would say. Scott, I'm just kidding, but I'm gonna say Queen Latifah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Queen Latifah. Oh my god! No, no. Um, 
who would play Karen? I think a good Karen. You know, I don't know if she acts or not a lot, but um, she's a singer. What's her name? Sierra, I think her name is. I think okay. she'd be good. Be good Karen. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Singer, Sierra. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Those are the four main players. And if we're, I don't know, if we're gonna recast Quinn, who could be the funny guy? Who would play the funny vampire? Oh man. Um, dang it. What's his name? He played uh, Shaggy in the the Scooby Doo movie. Uh, Matthew Lillard? Freddie Prince? Oh, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) I think he'd be really funny. Oh, man. He's not as, like, big. Yeah. I got the same height, though. But I think he'd just bring, he'd bring that that nice comedy effect. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was gonna say Jim Carrey, but uh, he's too probably a little too old to play that. He'd probably be like, "I ain't doing that shit." <laughs> yeah, don't tell Raul that. He'll be like, "That guy's too annoying. He's too annoying. <laughs> too annoying. <laughs> he's too annoying." If he was my neighbor, he'd be too annoying. Um, <laughs> you know who who might be good too? Dax Shepard. I can see him doing that too. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The funny vampire. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's our recast, man. Um, I dig it. Overall, would you recommend this to people? Yeah. I mean, uh, especially if I haven't seen it in such a long time, just definitely revisit it. I mean, I think the only, probably like the critique it is some of the pacing. And I think you could probably cut off some of the film. I think two hours is a little bit, a little, I don't mean, I don't want to say like it's a bad critique, but I think you can Mm -hmm. definitely edit the film down to like a little bit less. And Mm. I don't think it needs a full two hours, you know, Mm. but. They recommend it man like just martial arts alone and a kind of hero aspect that you centralize hero like the way that he's framed and stuff just really cool and definitely relatable today's marvel movies so that was a good observation by you too to, to kind of mention that so cool yeah um just like you man definitely i would recommend it to people i think it is something that will help you see why some things are shot the way they are now in hero films and it's kind of like this was one of the successful times, the very first successful times in doing it, um, heading into, you know, the 2000s and stuff like and for it to be so old. Some of the effects, yeah, they're dated, but it's still a fun yeah. movie, man. It, it, yeah. it is one of the if you're not like into vampires and you're not into horror and stuff that much, this this just touches it enough. Um, but it, you'll stay for the action. You'll stay for the character development the origins of the character and also uh, the story. Um, I think it's, it's a good story and you know, the framing of the, of the hero is awesome in it. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. Check it out for sure. Yes, sir. And that's it. Y'all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that was the end of this first episode in our horror series this month for October. I got to say thank you, of course, to Oscar, the OG, And uh, thanks for listening to this awesome episode on Blade. Thank you for listening again to the Noah 15 Allcast. Make sure if you listen to us here, follow us at the No 15 Allcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find us on Facebook and even TikTok. So check us out. As always, for everybody on the show, I'm going to say peace out and God bless. (laughs) 